speaking of funerals, why don't you go ahead and go die? Oh, that was a really well-constructed sentence. You should be an English professor at Cornot University. Idiot. If I were an idiot, I'd be driving a Trans Am. If you were driving a Trans Am, you would be the smartest idiot in the whole world. <coughs> idiot! <coughs> You're the idiot! Nice comeback! I was making fun of your comeback! That's why it worked! I totally got the best of that interchange. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Oh, Jake. It has been a week. It has been a week. It's been a weekend. It's been bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And over here looking like Jeffrey Dahmer. I've lost my glasses, so I'm having to wear this backup pair from Stanton Optical. Stanton Optical glasses. I'm not Jake. Dude, these off. These look <laughs> awful. They're so embarrassing. I haven't, especially having to like manage up my work, like walking, like walking around with these. Yeah, kind of undercuts my ability to. Yeah, right, dude. Be an imposing figure with those guns. Hell no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, Dahmer had the line across the middle. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, so that's okay. the only thing you're missing. Mm-hmm, the reinforcement arm, like across the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, maybe he did have some style like. Without him, after he was in prison. I don't know. This just got dark. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about serial killers. Um, I love reading about serial killers. But on that note, I, I watched that um, Netflix. Efron one? Yeah. Okay. Did, have you seen it? No. I watched the uh, tapes. Yeah. it's The tapes were good. They were good. Tapes were really good. And then the movie, at first I was upset with it because it, it almost in a way kind of glorified like, uh-huh. kind of glorified him. Right. But then you go and you read, and I wish they would like give some sort of disclaimer at the beginning because mm-hmm. it makes so much more sense. Is that the movie was made from his like wife's perspective? Oh, so yes, okay. it's going to look at time, look like at times because she was kind of in denial about mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. like everyone kind of was, and so at times it looks like yeah he's being glorified, mm-hmm. but it's from her. The oh. whole movie is from her perspective. Yeah, they so, should have put a little note at the beginning. Yeah, that it made it seem that I'm like. Then once I knew that, I'm like, okay, the movie is yeah, is, yeah. is good in its own right. But I heard it was like uh, I was talking to Dimitri about it, and he was like, it's almost more like a love story. Mm-hmm. But if it's from her perspective, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, because the tapes did talk about a little bit about her and how she was like at first in denial, but then started really seeing some behaviors or attitudes mm-hmm. where it was like, this dude may be the ted bunny you're looking for yeah hmm yeah i haven't really had any interest in watching that just because i've done research and and watched the tapes mm-hmm. and other documentaries on him so it was just like yeah, you don't I really don't really need to watch the movie corny movie yeah it's not great and i mean zach afron does a does a good job okay um and lily collins uh, does a good job mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's well acted. I'll probably watch it either way. Yeah, <laughs> but I was just waiting to hear other people's reviews. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking this, but I'm going to ask it because I don't care. But just without spoiling, you like the end of Game of Thrones? I do. Interesting. Yeah, 
I am in the minority. And my friend Matt Glendon uh-huh. um, said, and Kylie's like, yeah, he knows you. He knows you so well because yeah. he's, because he's he texts me. He's like, I blame you for all of my Game of Thrones disappointment. You're the you're the mother effer who made me watch this to begin mm-hmm. with because I've been pretty much forced him to yeah. watch it. He had and when he had his ACL surgery, he mm-hmm. was pretty much like homebound for right. like three months or whatever. Yeah, and so I would come over with Game of Thrones on disc, and I would mm-hmm. just be like, "You're stuck. You're hanging. <laughs> we're hanging. <laughs> so you're going to watch this." That's so awesome. I, so I got him got him like hooked on mm-hmm. it, and at the red wedding, he stopped. He like he's like, "Nope, I'm never watching." the show again and then he picked it back up and mm-hmm. so he he didn't like the ending mm-hmm. um and so when i said that i did he's like of course you did you only you like you like it because everybody else doesn't mm-hmm. just because he's he always calls me like this natural i'm a, just a all i am is a contrarian mm-hmm. which i don't know if that's a f- completely fair criticism right. i think i do have contrarian qualities for sure i wouldn't say that i'm naturally a contrarian mm-hmm. but um i did like i did like the ending hmm. which is definitely in the minority I don't know if it's in the minority, but there's definitely a very loud group of people who are very against the ending, which I find interesting. And I almost wonder how much of it is anger because it didn't end the way that you you personally wanted it. So therefore, you were never going to be happy unless you were the one writing the ending yourself. Right. Or you just didn't really pay attention to the show from the beginning and you just jumped on the bandwagon like a year ago, binge watched the entire series. And then you, because it didn't end with one of the main characters winning, yes, you didn't like it because it didn't make sense to you. Because hmm. it did make sense. All of the major plot points mm-hmm. made of the last season made sense in context and fit within the narrative of the show. Of the whole show. Of the whole show. See, so as you know, I haven't watched... A single episode, mm-hmm. but I think, and I know what I know how it ends. Um, oh, that's just, too bad. Well, dude, you can't go on the internet. I know and that's what sucks. Because I is don't, anybody trying to watch it now is going to. Oh, that sucks. I couldn't imagine not like knowing how it ends. Right. Yeah. But but like with how I met your mother, I knew how it ended. Mm-hmm. So maybe. When watching the show, oh, that's a good point. And knowing how it ends, yeah, I'll pick up and appreciate little nods that are leading to, or little plot points throughout that will make sense to the ending ultimately happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's why I appreciated the ending of How I Met Your Mother. That's why I liked it because throughout I saw little things, especially in that last season or last two seasons that they were hinting at. Mm-hmm. That I because I knew what happened, I appreciated those little nods. During them, yeah. So then, when we got to the end, I was like, "Oh, that was so great! How they did that earlier." Mm-hmm. But these people, like you, if you've been watching from the beginning years ago, yeah. I guarantee you, a lot of people have forgotten, unless they've recently binge watched the whole show again. They've forgotten little elements that the show has showed throughout. Yeah, that maybe alluded to this ending mm-hmm. or. Or make this ending make sense. Well, not not just only not only just that you didn't even have to read it that closely for some for most of these major plot points mm-hmm. to fit. It wasn't like you had to notice some small Easter egg in season three yeah. that released seven years ago. It mm-hmm. it was, um, it really wasn't out of honestly. I really don't think like it came out of like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It, it was I, yes, there are legitimate criticisms about the pace right. of the last two seasons That's because heard. they cut down the amount of episodes. But then even even in that, gosh, I went back and watched some of the episodes like in the middle of different seasons mm-hmm. 
from earlier mm-hmm. when they had the 10 episode seasons. One, those were only like 42, 43 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Mo- all of the episodes, except for the first episode of this last season, were well over an hour. Oh, wow. So even though it was only six episodes, you add 20 minutes, you, you go add like 20 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. on top of what was a normal episode length mm-hmm. back in season three, you really had almost an eight or nine episode right. season in terms right. of just overall screen content. time, screen time yeah. and content. Yeah. So it really was, I mean, yes, it was that rushed. Really, the only thing that would have saved it mm-hmm. in terms of pacing would have had to have been if you had just, an, you added another season. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then HBO just didn't want to budget. I don't know if HBO just didn't want to budget mm-hmm. for that. They were ready to wrap it up. I don't, I right, don't know. Right, right. But there is legitimate criticism about the pacing, especially, and it started early in season seven when that was the first condensed season down to seven episodes mm-hmm. where the map... And the first indication that the the pacing was going to be an issue going forward was because the the map just shr- kind of shrunk mm-hmm. because the amount of time it took a character to get from one place to another on this vast map mm-hmm. was happening much quicker than it had in earlier seasons. Mm. So like uh, someone traveling from Winterfell to King's Landing took an entirety of an, of a season almost earlier. They show all that. Well, it's just it's the it's the travel as somebody's going through. It yeah. don't really show it because there's so many characters that they're cutting panning, to, yeah. cutting to that it doesn't feel like there's like this slog that you're like having to watch this person just pointlessly right, travel. Right. But it it takes like Arya and the Hound mm-hmm. almost an entire two seasons to get all the way back to like the twins. That so, sounds miserable. It's not miserable. <laughs> it all it all it all it does work. Yeah. Because they're they're two really fun characters that play off of each other right. anyway. And, and Arya's story arc is fantastic. But um Yeah, I, I just once once the once the it seemed like the map shrunk because of the amount of time it would take for to get places, mm-hmm. you just kind of realized like all of it was getting way too con- it just that was the first feeling that i got when everything was being coming too condensed mm-hmm. and then now you have like at the end of one episode people leave winterfell and then they're in king's landing at the beginning of next of the of the next episode well how oh. much it's like well how much time right right are elapsed here because it doesn't really seem like with the dialogue that's happening and then the the events it all seems like this just happened yesterday. All this mm-hmm. events of the last episode happened yesterday, but there's right. no possible way from what we know that that could have happened. I'm probably getting way too in the weeds and people are but hating that's this interesting, talk. interesting though. But it's... Um, I'll give it, it a shot a, now that it's over. It was a good... It's a, it's, it's a good ending. If yeah. you don't like it, that's your that's your opinion. Yeah. But um, in your... And you're more than capable... You're more than willing... You're wrong. You're, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm, I mean, I've heard some... Aaron Rodgers, surprisingly, say, had, Aaron a good, Rodgers. had a good take. And he's like, you know... I, I won't say because it's it's yeah, spoiling, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's just there are legitimate criticisms. Right. But personally, I like the ending. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I if you'd like to hear more take like spoiler takes, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be willing to talk about it on another episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, get more in depth. But for sure, you're I mean, you're if you're going to start watching it, then I'm not yeah. going to spoil anything. I'll watch so. it and finish it. You know what I started doing real quick. Is uh oh r- two points I want to make. So did you ever watch Dexter? I started Dexter. I didn't finish it. Okay, season one through four. Yeah, incredible. Mm-hmm. After that, it's the worst show ever. But I finished it. Anyone complaining about the ending of this show? Sit through Dexter. That's what I hear. I heard Dexter ended off awfully. It is the worst ending of any show I've ever seen. Isn't it when he just like gets in a boat and like 
drives off into the, like a storm. I'll spoil it. I don't care. His sister dies. Yeah. He has to kill his sister because she's dying anyways. But they like I'm pretty sure this is the ending. I'm trying to remember. But uh, so he's a serial killer who kills killers mm-hmm. um and it comes to the point where his sister is like dying and he has to pull the plug so it's like a different he's killing an innocent person mm-hmm. um so then he there's a hurricane coming from miami where he lives so everyone the world starts closing in on him and everyone starts putting the pieces together that dexter might be a killer he's a f- police officer yeah he's a forensic um specialist for the police department and so the world starts closing in on him they're 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 figuring out like putting the pieces together that holy crap maybe dexter is this killer that we've been looking for for years so he gets in a boat with his sister's body that he stole from the hospital and he drives into the hurricane that sounds like an awful but don't worry because then afterwards they cut to lumberjack dexter who now lives in Alaska hmm. in solitude. Wait, so he survives the hurricane in yes. a little rink-a-dink boat that he yes. drives into a hurt. Okay. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. Would you have been fine if he had just died after driving into the hurricane and it was the part being in Alaska that ruined it for you? I don't think so. Okay. I think because we've seen Dexter get away with it for so long... He needs to get away with it, mm-hmm. right? So getting away and going to Alaska is like, okay, cool. But his sister dying and him having to kill his sister and just it just felt like chaos. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the symbolism of the <laughs> hurricane. But yeah, a lot of those, um, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I watch a lot of those like top 10 lists from Watch Mojo yeah, yeah. and Looper and yeah. What Culture and stuff. <laughs> and all of them have Dexter. Uh-huh ending as like one of the worst if not the worst ending to a major show when yeah. they do like their top 10 like worst show mm-hmm, endings mm-hmm. it's always mentioned as one of the worst how far did you get into it season three? Oh, dude if you get to season four and never watch any more of it mm-hmm. j- even just watch season four by itself at being at season three you've watched enough to to be able to go into se- well maybe not actually did he get married in season three I can't remember. Dude, okay. It's been so long yeah. since I watched well, it. Well, season four, if they would have just ended it there, it ends on probably one of the most shocking moments in any TV show I've ever seen. Really? Like, like I watched it at a viewing party, and there were tears in every single person's eyes, and just like dead silence. Who's that? Who's that serial killer that he's trying to catch the entire time? Not the entire time. Or just there's like, different kind of... killers and things throughout it. Okay, yeah. but like the first season, what was that guy? Ice Truck Killer. Ice Truck Killer, yeah. okay. Who was his brother? Oh, it was, okay. I forgot. Yeah. God, it's been so long since Dude, I watched that. it's freaking great, but season four, it's just like all of us were just jaw-dropped in the room. Like, we didn't even know what to say to each other. Mm-hmm. It was just such a great moment in television, and I was like, they can end it there. Like, please just end it there. Like, I even appreciated for what it was, like, because it just completely changed Dexter's life. And then, which I liked, but then you see what happens after that big moment, and that's the rest of the show. And oh, I think I heard. Yeah, don't one. say it. Yeah, okay. Don't say it. Um, It's amazing. But with that said, I told you before that I've never finished The Office. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week. Yeah. So I started watching it. Mm-hmm. And, dude... 
like I know offices like you know the friends everybody loves friends yeah. office everybody loves the office but wow Steve Carell is incredible it it is it's taken me almost three kind of watch yeah like watch throughs to really like appreciate his genius because when the first time you watch it you hate his character because he's annoying right the second time you watch it through you start to kind of pick up on Mm -hmm. some of the idiosyncrasies and they're almost lovable Mm -hmm. the third time through the shit that he says that you just don't even pick up the first time you start just cracking up at some of the things he says so i started watching from the beginning because i've never finished it i've always gotten to the wedding at niagara falls and then stop there which that's my favorite episode so after that point, I've never watched after that, but I'm in season three right now, and I can't tell you like how many times I just, Michael Scott says something, and I just, I'm like, I'll look at Jen and go, oh my God, I cannot believe they played that on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Some of the things he says, like involving homosexuality. And Racism, like, er- yeah. women, like, oh my God, it's so, <laughs> it's so bad. And it's uncomfortable but hilarious mm-hmm. because there are people who are like that and yeah. say things like that. And, dude, his him as an actor, I was talking to this with Alan um, last night. We were texting about it because he posted, like, greatest actor on television. And I text him. I'm like, he posted on his Instagram story. And I'm like, dude, I was just saying this to Jen the other day. Like, he's so good. He's so good because when you're watching him, I'm not watching Steve Carell. I'm watching Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. So I'm excited to keep going. But all those first two seasons. No, I just started season four last night. First three seasons are oh, so good. You know who's the most interesting, like polarizing character mm-hmm. on that show? And it's not. It's obviously not Michael Scott, but Pam. Some people really hate Pam's character. Huh. I could see that. I know people hate Jim as well. Mm. But. I really love at the end of season three when Pam just becomes this badass and is like, I'm just going to start saying things now. Mm-hmm. And she just starts telling everybody how she feels. Yeah. I like that, that, that version. Mm-hmm. But Karen, I can't stand. Oh, yeah. See, I liked Rashida Jones on Parks and Rec. Right. But I did not, did not like her character in Office. No. In the office. No. I don't like her at all. Mm-hmm. But I think she's almost out of the picture, so. Yeah, she she leaves pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah. So that's one more show. I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna go through that one, and then now that Big Bang's almost done, I should probably finish that show. I never even started that one. Oh, it's silly. I'm love all that nerdy stuff that they talk about video yeah. games, comics, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I watched most of it. I think more than half of it. So the second half, I haven't really. I kind of got. I wonder. Too if, far I, behind. I almost wonder if it. I mean, I don't know, but do you think it's had kind of a How I Met Your Mother, um, kind of a How I Met Your Mother effect, maybe not effect is the right mm-hmm. word, but it's just overran its course. I think it's one of those shows, and this is the problem, okay, with How how I Met Your Mother, what what is great and that you have talked about multiple times is like, it rewards people who have been watching from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's little jokes and uh, continuity throughout it, right? Yeah. And I feel like, Big Bang is one you can drop in on every any episode and then just watch it and forget it and then move to the next one. There's like some broad stroke storylines yeah. of Leonard and Penny or Wallowitz and his wife or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But overall, it's like 
you could just drop it in any episode and and just move on. Where I feel like How I Met Your Mother, you need to watch it from beginning to end to see the journey of Ted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you dropped it in a random episode, you don't know where that takes place in the story of getting to the mother. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think it, it compares much to it in any way, but... I, I don't know. You say it overran its course, but you were watching it live, weren't you? No, I'm no. your mother. I was. I was watching yeah. it live after season six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I just, I like it because I've watched it as one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah, we don't have to get into that. But. <laughs> Another show real quick is Life in Pieces. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's so good. So, um. I, I suggested it to a friend, and he didn't like it, so you might not like it. People might not like it, but I think it's a great show for just... It, it's a show about family okay, and um, big families and interacting with different people in families or um, being a parent. There's some great jokes about being a parent. Um, I'm not one, but I can appreciate mm-hmm. some parent jokes, um, but it has like... Uh, Colin Hanks, um, uh, who else? James Brolin is the the dad. Diane West is the mom. Um, Betsy Brandt from Breaking Bad is in it. Um, and it's just a it's a funny. I think it's a funny show. Um, it's done well, but it's it's life in pieces. So it just cuts in on different people's lives mm-hmm. throughout the family yeah. and how the family comes together and the characters. I I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's still going. So I don't know. Check it out if you're if you're interested, and if you're listening, check it out. It's on CBS. Um, and I've talked about this before. Handmaid's Tale, season mm-hmm. three starts June fifth. Can't wait. You're into that show? Oh, I dude. watched like two episodes and stopped. I know you're a hater. It's real life. It's gonna happen. <laughs> also, Big Brother's coming. Okay, the actual oh, the actual show, Big Brother. June. Okay, I can't wait. I thought you were making a play like the big, you know, big. Oh, government. Big Brother is coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, before I get into that stuff, I wanted to. Uh, you have some things to tell me. I have some things to tell you, and then we'll get into the world of the government. Government. The government. All right. So why did my stylus stop working? Because you keep chewing on it. Dude, that no, that's not. That's Tucker. I just saw you chewing on it. you and Tucker have the same chew toy. <laughs> Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, so, dude, I'll tell you about card fraud first. Okay. Saturday um, was my anniversary, wedding anniversary. Oh, yes, congratulations! Thank you, my friend. Um, but we had had we had planned to we were going to spend the weekend with our nephews and and niece because our sister in law and brother in law, my sister in law, brother in law, were going to go out of town, and they asked us months before. They're like. It's on your anniversary, but would you like to stay the night with the kids and hang out with the kids? Um, and Jen and I were like, yeah, we don't really care about celebrating on our anniversary. We're going to bend all next week. Mm-hmm. So it was like, sure, we'll do it. Um, but that didn't end up happening. So we ended up with a, a free weekend. So what we did was, um, so my nephew's birthday is May 17th. Okay. And my one of my best friends his son's birthday is May 18th, which is our anniversary. So we're like, well, we missed his bat birthday last year cuz it was on our anniversary and I think we were out or something. So we went to his birthday on Saturday. Um it was fun. We were just hanging out. We played a bunch of cornhole and we were just visiting with his family and yeah. hanging out with the kids. It was it was fun. Um but then we're like, all right, well now we have an open evening for our anniversary. 
I was like, you want to just go home and relax and watch the Blazer game? And she's like, sure, that sounds great. Try not to go out and spend money because next week we're going to spend the whole week in Bend and we want to save for that trip. Yeah. So we're sitting there and we're watching the game and Jen is just so... I told you we're ridiculous credit score before we started mm-hmm. recording it's insane yeah but it's because she's always just like on top of things and checking things and she just randomly during the game was like i'm i'm gonna check i'm gonna check the bank account i'm like okay and it was like all of a sudden a charge of like eighty dollars a hundred dollars a hundred dollars and she's like we have three like random charges and i was like what's going on and she like it was for sky cart go-kart arena in tigard it's amazing if you've never been they go fast as hell That's i've had fun. people have gone love yeah it. yeah so it was like 80 dollars for there um and then a hundred and something dollars for cheesecake factory in Clackamas. and then how do you spend a hundred dollars on cheesecake i don't a hundred dollar lift or something like that it was like a hundred dollar lift charge or something so i'm just like gosh dang it so she's like i don't know what card it is so i'm going to cancel both our cards and i was like that's fine so she cancels both and i was like you know what just to be proactive i'm going to call all three places um because they're all local so i call uh skycart and mm-hmm. i'm like hey guys uh there's an 80 dollar charge on our card that was done fraudulently so is that the right word fraudulently yeah yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had to say it in my yeah, head. To make, yeah, Bentley. Um, and they're like, "Oh, okay. Do you know the last four of the card?" And we're, I was like, "No, we don't know what card it was." And then he told us because he could see it, mm-hmm. and which was Jen's card, <laughs> not me. Um, so, <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, it was eighty bucks." And I was like, "Oh, well, like, did they come in?" He's like, "It was done online." And I was like, "Fucking smarter, smart motherfuckers." Mm-hmm. You know, like that was smart move. So they bought like he's like, they, "It looks like they might have bought like a gift card online." So. He's like, I'll see what I can do, but, you know, there's not much I can do on my end, but, you know, thank you for letting me know. And I was mm-hmm. like, for sure. So um, then I call Cheesecake Factory, and I'm like, hey, there was a uh, fraudulently charged, uh, fraudulent charge from our card. We didn't come in. They're like, oh, yeah, it looks like it was done online. I'm like, gosh, dang the internet. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So then, you know what? This pisses me off. I tried to call Lyft. They have no phone number that you can call. You can only email them. Of course. Yeah. That's, I ha- it's so, so fr- annoying. That is super frustrating. So I email them. So like, everything was so just everything, everything at that go-kart place. Yeah. But you have to like check in though, right? Well, if you buy a gift card, you oh. come in with your gift card. Okay. Right? So. But they th- can't track the gift card number? Well, checking out. Okay. So Sorry. then I, I, I email Lyft and I'm like, hey, this was u- used not by us. I've never used Lyft before. And then they email me back and they're like, oh, we're going to need, um, oh, I'm sorry that happened. Uh, we're going to need the exact amount. We're going to need, um, I can't remember what else, they, the name on the card or something like mm-hmm. that. And then uh, a screenshot of your bank account where Ugh. the charge was. I was like, mm. so I did it, but I like cropped it so they didn't have the number mm-hmm. in it because I don't trust these freaking corporations, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so... I did all that. We had to go into the bank to like get new cards and to, to file it. That's such a fucking hassle. It's the worst, dude. You feel all violated, mm-hmm. right? So we get in there and the the Skycart, they had canceled the gift card. 
Oh, really? Yeah, they'd got it quick enough. That, um, we're like, here's the charges. And the, the lady at the bank was like, uh, no, Skycart's not on here. I was like, yes, they, they got it before mm-hmm. they could get it. So I was like, that was pretty cool. That made me happy. Um, but so then we dealt with that anniversary night. Then we had to deal with, I'm not going to get too into it, but the Blazers lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah. So then Sunday, 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 Sunday. Um, we're kind of bummed out about what happened. Mm-hmm. Blazers lost, got fraudulently attacked on from our bank account. So she's like, you know what? Like, let's just hang out today at home. Maybe let's barbecue up some burgers tonight. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. So we're hanging out and Jen's mom comes and she's like, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Antonine's horse is dying. And we're like, what? So we like look out the windows and you can see the horses in the middle of the pasture. Just It's not one of these three. No. Okay. It's over there at her grandma's house where her aunt lives. As long as it's not bold as brass. No, not bold as brass. The celebrity. Uh, So it's, they're over there and she's like, yeah, um, it was Sky. They're like, Sky won't get up and she won't move. Um, she had some something wrong with her stomach or intestines. Like they were all binding up. She had some like crazy disease. She was in a ton of pain. Couldn't had, move. Had they known about it earlier? Or? No, I don't think so. Oh, they the, so they're like well, they're gonna call the vet and see what's up. You know what I mean? So I'm 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 you know this is mid afternoon, early afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching them and there's a bunch of people around the horse and they're trying to like ease her and take care of her and like see if they can get her up. Um, so then, you know, I'm finally comes time. I'm out cooking burgers out front and I look over and they got the horse moved over by the house and I can see them. And sh- but she's just laying down. There's a bunch of people over there. And so a bunch of people leave. Right. And I can see cars because they come up past my house mm-hmm. and they're all driving down the road and they all leave. And I'm sitting there and I'm cooking the burgers. Bam. I just hear a freaking gunshot and I'm just like. Hmm. That's how they decided to I euthanize go, it. Was that was that a gunshot? And I was like, "Wait, no fucking way!" <laughs> so I come around the corner of the house and I look over, and there's just this man standing over the horse crying. And I'm just like, "What the fuck, dude?" It was like the movies. The gunshot goes off, and for a second, I go, "Was that a wait?" And the birds, like, got like this flock of birds in the field, mm-hmm. got scared and like flew off. And then the horses neck on our property started bucking and like freaking out and neighing. And I'm just like, holy shit! And I look over and I'm like trying not to like St- yeah, stare, yeah, because this is like the, obviously whoever this is is mourning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I just I'm just staring in disbelief around the corner of the house looking at this person who's now standing over this house and Jen's in the kitchen and she sees me through the window and she didn't hear the gunshot but she could tell by my face she just goes she looks at me and like mouths did they shoot it and I was like yeah and she was like what so she comes outside and she looks out the window and she's like I think that's my cousin and I was like oh and she's like oh my gosh so then we talked to her mom later apparently when the when the vet when she talked to the vet she she's like there's like almost no way to to fix what's wrong with its intestines it's gonna die um it's gonna be almost a thousand dollars for us to come in out there and euthanize it because it's such a big horse Mm -hmm. it takes so much chemicals to to euthanize it um or put it down and 
they're like, you're, it'd probably be cheaper to, to shoot it. And I was like, holy shit. So her aunt was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, no, fuck no, you're not doing it. You're not doing mm-hmm. it. And then her son, Jen's cousin, was like, I'll do it. Um, I, w- I want to do this for you, mom. I don't want you to have to like go through that. So he did it, right? But they didn't tell him what happens to a horse's body when it dies like that. Just, this is too graphic, sorry, but both ends just emptied. <laughs> and he just sat there. And, like, it was so, just, like, you could feel the death in the air, dude. It was gnarly. Because he just stood there over the horse and just, I could hear him crying from my house. And then he, like, squat down and, like, bent over and just, like, had his hands, like, his head in between his knees. Just, like, it was, it was crazy, dude. I told Jen... I'm moving back to the city. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. Dude, that's that's a that's just a crazy story. It was so gnarly, Jake. It was so gnarly. I couldn't Im- I, yeah. I mean Yeah, I mean I guess a bullet's cheaper than a thousand dollars. Right. Gosh, well, I, I it'd be so pay, hard. You have to pay to have it hauled off, and that's a shit ton of money too. A shit ton of money. Yeah. And I I guess in this area there's only like like within a three state area, there's only one guy who's like known to like pick up the bodies and haul them off and dispose of them mm-hmm. properly. And uh he I guess recently his trailer had broke down, so he was out there for like a day, the horse just waiting for this dude to like get his trailer and everything ready to come get the horse. But Wow. <sighs> crazy. And you know, she had this horse for twenty something years. Wow. That's a long ass time. Yeah. Can you imagine having a pet for 20 something years and then mm-hmm. having to put it down? And they're like big ass dogs, dude. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's insane, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's anything you could ever really prepare yourself. Hell no. You could prepare yourself for even to like, like from your like advantage. Right. Like, right. You couldn't even like. I'm just cooking burgers and all of a sudden there's a dead horse. It was like whammy also i couldn't help but think of like hunters like how do you do that i've I've never shot a big game animal. that's what i'm saying that's crazy yeah and i i'm struggling with being able to still hunt them like even birds yeah and stuff like that like you said something the other day when you pulled yeah, up i <laughs> i don't want to get too into it yeah but i'm having kind of an existential crisis oh a little bit interesting well, in another episode we might flush it out a little you bit fucking liberal i'm a huge liberal <laughs> Um, did you, so you said you had some stories from work? Um, yeah. Do you want to do it? Sure. Hey kids, are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Counterculture. Yay! Hey, hey, everybody can rejoice. It's back. Um, no more blazer talk. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, so those of you who have been following along with my work journey, I have been kind of moved into quasi-management at my, at my place of work, which is a sporting goods store. Um, if this is your first time ever listening, um, I work in at a, primarily at a gun counter. Uh, I sell firearms. Um, so this is kind of where this whole counterculture thing has come from anyway. So, uh, just, I'm just going to tell some stories of what has happened recently at the gun counter and me as like in a management position, kind of getting, you, you get the things you don't see 
otherwise, right? The the people who call for managers. Oh, <laughs> like you get, see, you I've get, been wondering you about get that. That end. So yeah. I keep like I I keep waiting to really have that one real bad customer. I quite, haven't quite hap- had it yet. But yesterday's conversation might have been one of the strangest I have ever had in my entire life. And that was Just in your life. In my life, I don't know what prompted this gentleman to call. He called for the manager. Yes. Okay. Called specifically for manager, and I had to manage. I had to do a spot duty yesterday because the um, the guy that was supposed to be closing went home early. Yeah. And I was working at the hunting counter, and he said, "Yeah, I need you to take over management." And okay. I was like, "Okay, whatever." So I'm sitting there in the office and uh, reading for mm-hmm. school, <laughs> and I um, and I get a manager line one so i pick up line one and it's this elderly gentleman I, on the I, phone on the phone okay so this elder, elder elderly gentleman on the phone and he said and he gives me his name and he's like you know i have i need your i need your opinion on something i'm like okay like, that's odd so he goes into this story about how 20 years ago back in 1998 he was an avid shopper of Fisherman's Marine and Outdoor, mm-hmm. but he since stopped fishing at, at not fishing, he has since stopped shopping at Fisherman's Marine and Outdoor, even though he was one of our first, he says he's one of our first customers ever back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and because he was scammed. And he said he was scammed by Fisherman's Marine 21 years ago over a fishing derby. And he proceeded What's to- a fishing derby? Uh, like you go out and you fish, and then you, if you catch the biggest fish, mm-hmm. then you win the derby. Okay. Um, so he said that Fisherman's Marine back in 1998 had a fall Chinook derby where it went from, it was throughout the entire fall and it was on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So they, people would bring in, you have to bring in a gutted fish, and we still do this. Mm-hmm. You bring it into one of the three locations, they put it on a weight scale, it has to be gutted already, and the big, and then we record the weight and take a picture, and if you win, you get a price. Is it based back. on weight? Based on weight, okay, you get the price. You get the prize package, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's usually rods, reels, whatever. So this guy goes, I um, <laughs> brought in my. He brought in my. He goes, the first week I brought in a fish that was thirty nine pounds. That's a big chinook, mm-hmm. and um, he says I brought it in twenty minutes before closing that night on a Sunday. So it was that was the last day, the last twenty minutes of that week's period, and I was told I had the biggest fish at the time. They took the picture. And I left. I called the next day because I didn't receive a call from Fisherman's, your store, um, that, you know, so I called them and they said, oh, someone came in 10 minutes after you with a, with a fish that was two ounces heavier. I'm like, okay, okay. And so he goes, the next week I bring in a 44-pound fish, 20 minutes before closing. And I didn't receive a call on Monday, so I called back and they told me once again, someone had brought in a fish that was bigger than mine. 10 minutes after I left and he goes and he just starts going off man on the story about how he's like he's like I'm not lying because I'm a godly Christian man mm-hmm. I don't lie I have the pictures to prove it and he asked me he goes so what what's your opinion on this dude what am I supposed to have an opinion on something that happened 20 years ago yeah it's just dude you waited 20 years to call about this and now you're the representative of the entire company yes <laughs> And he's like, "What's your what's your opinion on this?" I he's like, I, "I I just feel like I was scammed, and as I've gotten older, this has just been, this is just it's just not right. It's just not right, and I think something should be done about this." Dude, this guy is just sitting at home, just stewing in this enough to call you. Twenty one years <laughs> after the fact, that this guy is calling me, wanting an apology for something that 
this nobody who not even the same ownership. Right, right. So what'd you say? I was just I, I said, sir, I apologize if if that's the way that it happened. But he goes, well, of course it's the way that happened. I have pictures. You call me a liar? I'm not a liar. Oh my and I was like, gosh. I said, no, I'm not. A, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying it was 21 years ago. Right. I, I don't know what you. I go. Is there something I can do to help you? He's like, well, I just want you to admit that the store scammed me. And I said, well, I can't do that. And he's like, well, I need to talk to the owners. And yes, I, dude, I was seven. He's like, dude, you need to. He's like, I need to talk to the owners. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And he goes, well, he's like, well, why not? And I said, well, because it's not even the same ownership group. And he's like, well, I was told by the head manager at the time who later quit Fisherman's because of all the scams that you guys were pulling on people that I was scammed. And I said, who? He's like, his name was Mark. I'm like, well, you have a last name? Yeah. <laughs> it's just nobody. He's like, he's like, so what's your, he's like, so what's your take on the store today like do you are you guys still running the same practices like what the fuck would i even admit that <laughs> <laughs> if if we were doing that why would i admit it to yeah, you right here yeah <laughs> oh oh yeah dude you got us yeah <laughs> we're still running oh, those shit we're still running those same scams we were and, waiting for you and to then catch he, us. and then he goes well i'm so i said sir like how oh. much how much did you feel you missed out on did and he goes thousands of dollars thousands thousands and I'm like, I said, I said, sir, we're still running a similar, we're running a sim, a very similar in structure fishing derby right now. It's uh-huh. a, it's a weekly spring chinook derby, and it's a, it's maybe, maybe seventy five dollars worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know, I don't know what kind of derby this Say, was, I'll but give you what you were owed from that time without inflation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just couldn't believe it. This was twenty, and this went on for twenty minutes. 20 minutes 20 Jay? minutes this went on for you have homework i do <laughs> i got a starter i got a store to manage yeah but it was just i could not believe it that this oh. guy sat around for 21 years to the point where it just got to the point where he had to call did you talk to anyone about that i, I, I other I, managers no i was the only one so i i, oh. I told him he's like well i need to talk to somebody who's yeah more He's like, he's like, I'm clearly not getting anywhere with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so he's like, I need to talk to somebody. And if it's not ownership, who do I talk to? And I said, well, you can call tomorrow and talk to my main, the, the head manager, Tristan. Pass the buck. So just, yeah. He's like, well, okay, well, I'll call him tomorrow. And I was like, well, okay. And so Is that just, today? That would have been today. So yeah. that happened. I'm like interested yesterday. to see if like any other managers have like, oh, we know who you're talking about. Or was this the first call after 21 years? He says that this is the first time he's ever called. He did tell me that. He's like, oh. he waited 21 years to say something. I wonder what prompted it. Wow. Just on on a mon- on a Tuesday. Yeah. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday in 2019. About I'm something over that, it. That's I'm something done. that happened in 1998. Wow. I, it's just, man, how could you? He's like, as I, the, thing that, the key thing that got me was yeah. he said... As you get older, this stuff starts to not sit as well with you. And I feel like that's the opposite for most people. People get over stuff yeah. as they get removed from it. For sure. So it's like, dude, this really bothered you that right. much over like... He's like, well, I've won 15... He's like, I've won 15 fishing derbies in my life. Mm-hmm. I have all the pictures to prove it. So I'm a good fisherman. Right. I just want to let you know that I'm a good fisherman. So therefore, it's not out of the realm of possibility that I could have won these. So I should have had 17. I should have 17 plaques on my wall. 
I was like, man, you just need to get over that. <laughs> I feel like if, you know, like kind of, you know, stemming off what you're saying as far as like as you get older, you get over things like that. But also like as you get older, if things like that bother you enough, you kind of come to terms with like the next time anything like that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to address it immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to, conf- you're going to figure it out right then. Mm-hmm. Like maybe 20 years ago, he was a little more passive. and was like, Oh, I guess <clears throat> either I'm getting scammed, which he seems like he feels like, or like, you know, no, no, I'm not going to stand for this. Prove it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Address it right then. Mm-hmm. Not say, you know, as you get older, it, it burns hard, hard, her harsher. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. That's weird mentality. I don't know, man. It's like you've <laughs> you've given us our punishment, right? You swore you would never shop at Fisherman's mm-hmm. again because you said you were scammed. You haven't, and as far as I know, in 21 years ever come back in our store. Mm-hmm. So You should have started like... So what more do you like... What what more do you want? I, like you, 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 you said, I feel like I was scammed. I'm never, fish, I'm never shopping with you again. Right. I'm never just spending a dime in your store again. He misses you. Why can't it just be that? Why is it not just the end of it? Yeah. I don't know. That was just odd. You should have started telling him about like sales you guys are having. <laughs> well, then and then we got like both my man, my main manager and I yesterday. Yeah. Got yelled at by this guy who <laughs> says that we're we're out to get him because he parked in a handicap twice. So he came in the first time and he wanted to park in the handicap parking spot, but he says that our UPS truck, a UPS truck was blocking, was parked in front of our store. And was blocking the handicapped parking spots because somehow that's our fault that UPS, a UPS driver, mm-hmm. parked in front of the the handicapped parking spot. So he had to wait ten minutes to park. I'm sorry, that's like that's unfortunate. Yeah, you guys but, parking enforcement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, which is weird because I've never seen UPS park in front of our store. They mm-hmm. always go to our loading dock in the back. Right, just, right. I don't whatever. So. So he said he he notified the cashiers and then was upset because the cashiers seemed like they didn't care. And then and because <laughs> Tristan nor neither Tristan or I mm-hmm. had heard of it when he called the second time means that they didn't pass the word along. So he was really upset about that. So he wanted somebody to pay for that. <laughs> and he says he has severe P- PTSD, which okay. if he does, I, I mean, that's awful. I, right. I hope he can recover from that but he says he's 100% disabled because of his PTSD mm-hmm. um, and so the, the next time he came in and parked which was a couple of days ago he got a ticket for having expired tabs while he was parked in our hand, handicapped parking spot so he says that because he got upset about the UPS thing we're out to get him no way and wants us to pay his ticket for having expired tabs because it's our responsibility that he didn't have new tabs. I don't I don't know where I don't know what his logic came from, but he wants fishermen to pay his ticket because he got it while he was parked was in front person? of our store. This was over the phone. Oh, <laughs> I got him one time and my my other manager got him another time. Oh my gosh. What'd you say? Well, I just I, I well, I <laughs> I listened to him and then because Tristan was still I mean, I can't. I was like, I can't authorize anything. I'm right. just an assistant manager, mm-hmm. so I got him. I assistant to the manager. Handed him, handed, handed him off to Tristan, mm-hmm. and Tristan had to stand there for like 20 minutes at the tackle counter listening to this guy. And he's like, "Well, if you'd like me to advocate for you in any way possible, like I'm really sorry. Like maybe you should call UPS and ask yeah. them why it's why their drivers are doing that. Yeah, and not. I mean, what can you do? There's literally what are we supposed? to... I don't know, man. But people just. I Dude, the more the more, the more the more the more I've moved into management, the more I realize like just people do not want to take 
their own responsibility for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it's I like, could totally like, see that. Like like the guy with like the guy the, the first guy I told the story about yeah. with with his fishing derby. Dude, it's your at 21 years you waited this long to say something. That's that's on you. That's what I'm saying. And you feel like the more that you distance from it, you're like, no, I'm going to say something. Like this is this is an injustice. <laughs> That's how he was acting. Like, he was legitimately that's wrong. That's the like out of all the things in the world, I'm going to stand up and protest this. I know. <laughs> I just. I didn't win a fishing ju- and derby. And he was just absolutely shocked that I didn't have like this super sympathetic. Like, well, I will take. say it sounds shady, bro. Okay. <laughs> it, it, yeah, sure. It does sound shady, but I mean, what does he want from me? Uh, he wants the W, dude. <laughs> he wants he the got w. scammed. He out wants of the me to go write him like some. Want to give <gasps> me to give him some gold star that dude. says winner of 1998 Spring Chinook Derby of whatever week that he. You should just uh, print off like Shroot Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference. <laughs> and just hand them out to all the customers. Be like, I'm sorry, you're having a rough day. Here's a Shroot Buck. What does this mean? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> it's just oh man, it's customer just so crazy. of the year just handed out to every disgruntled customer. <laughs> I um oh jeez yeah so I I just it's just interesting and um I'm so glad the, you're in management. The gun the gun stuff is going. It's starting to get crazy again. People are. Um, I feel like nationally, I haven't heard much. Like it's dying down. No, but Oregon's got. You know all of its bills and its legislature yeah, 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 right yeah, now yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't know. People, uh, Sporting Systems announced that there is big news on I sixteen thirty nine, but I can't find anything on the web that would indicate that there's been any sort of ruling either way on it. Hmm. Because the owner of that company is the lead plaintiff against I sixteen thirty nine. Okay. So maybe he's has information that the rest of us don't because he's part of the like the complaint. He's mm-hmm. part. He's like part of the litigation process. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, but huh. it's it's getting nuts. Like I had this I had this woman come in and she wanted to she never like even held a handgun, but need, would have oh, been gosh. was told that she needed one for protection. Right. It's whatever. We get we for sure. we get this quite a bit. And it's my job. I actually prefer these customers because they don't have any preconceived notions or like biases right. or like feelings that they need to like prove to the gun counter guy that they know more than me. So there is there is sponges to absorb to information to, to learn, learn. Yeah. exactly so i'm talking to her and i have i have a whole baseline of questions that i start i try to figure out you know what is their experience level with firearms mm-hmm. what are they primarily using it for is this going to be a carry weapon is this going to be a gun they're going to keep in the home is this a gun that they want to use recreationally like it's a lot of there's a lot of different questions to try to narrow down what kind of what kind of gun would be would best suit this person because guns really are tools and there's so much variation in firearms that really is just trying to figure out what is the best particular use that this person needs a gun for mm-hmm. anyway um so I'm, I'm going through my base level questions mm-hmm. because most gun guys when they see a woman like this it's just pretty much an easy sale you say that's the best one for a woman and they usually buy it in which mm-hmm. it ends up those guns a couple months down the road end up being resold because it doesn't work for that person. Right. So I try to do the best I can to provide, to get as much information as I can mm-hmm. to give the person the, the best choice that right. they can make. This old guy apparently did not like my... Oh, my, my <laughs> Did not like how I started this and came out of nowhere. Oh, my God. Basically, like, nudges her out of, like, my view... <laughs> And starts telling this woman all of his opinions. Oh, my God. And I'm just standing there. 
I'm just standing there, and he's like, he cuts <sighs> me off and just starts going off about how he she needs the Smith and Wesson M and P nine shield, and that's the best gun ever. That Ruger that that she's looking at he doesn't know anything about those but he doesn't think they're very good he even admit he's never shot one so he doesn't really know but oh, he does my. know the quality of the smith and that's the one he recommends and i'm just like i just i i just piped up and i said well i own that ruger and it's a pretty good gun and he just like stared at me but he just dude he, he would leave then he'd come back then he'd leave and he'd come back and eventually the customer just left are you serious well it, it my co-worker at the time bob like t- i loved him for this he he, he's like, let's go down here and let Jake do his job. But then the guy wouldn't leave it alone. He would he just said that. Yeah, yeah, Bob said that. So the the guy who kept butting in yeah. just would not like would left Bob and came back to butt in again. It was the worst. Dude, Man's it was so bro. frustrating. Dude, he's that like, is annoying. That was the worst. I was oh, I was so frustrated. I love it. as soon as he said, and then this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. In in some back when I first started that kind of stuff, I didn't it didn't bother me because right. I was one too passive to to be annoyed about it, like to actually actively be annoyed about mm-hmm. it. And then the second thing was like I just didn't really ever have a problem with it. I guess I right. felt like it was coming from a good place. But now that I've gotten to the point where I know my knowledge base is significantly more than this guy who thinks right. that he knows more than me and needs to do my job for me. Mm-hmm that i do i just i just gave the look i gave that guy and as he left he goes i'm sorry he, he did it like he apologized he's like i'm he sorry knew. about that he knew what he did it probably never changed his behavior in the future right. but he realized that he was an idiot well it's annoying because you're you're trying to tailor your customer service to each customer mm-hmm. what can i do to get the best what's best going to work for you mm-hmm. and then this guy's going to come out of nowhere and tell you what's best for you yeah the the women that come in by themselves without like a male companion mm-hmm. to help them. So a lot of times it's like we get el- we get elderly women who come in with like some old guy down the street that she knows that says he's gonna oh. set her up. He's uh-huh. gonna set her up with a gun for because usually it's like a widow, right? And so right. She, she feels like she needs a gun for her protection. She's living alone, and and that's great. And like the old guy will come in, but then. The old guy just has all of his old, like all of these preconceived notions on all of this stuff. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. they need a 45 to spin them like a top. And like, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. really think about this. This is an elderly woman, probably yeah. with arthritis. She's not going to be able to handle and, and function a full size 45 handgun. Like, just think about that. Let's actually try to figure out what this person needs. Right. And have her look at different things. And okay, it might be a wimpy 380. Right. But she can at least handle it. And, yeah. and 380 is not wimpy, dudes. Get over your 1950s. Yeah, like, that's like, weird. Yes, ballistics back in the 1950s were not as advanced as they are today. But today, like the 380 cartridge is significantly better than it was 30 years ago. Just putting those adjectives on on a tool. Mm-hmm. That tool is wimpy. Come on, dude. What is best going to work for this person? Yeah. I'll tell you right now. I a, shot... gun sh- a gun she can't, fu- she can't function. Yeah. That's just going to get taken from her right. if she ever had to use it. Or something she's comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've shot Sorry. a little snub nose. What was it, thirty eight or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing hurt. Yeah, those little like <laughs> it peop- punched my hand. Mm-hmm. Those people people think like, oh, it's it's a revolver and they're super simple, so we should just default that to to give that to a woman because right. they, oh, like women can't figure out how to run slides or, some, or cycle magazines. That's terrible. But they don't what they were neglect to say to women uh-huh. is that these have a lot of recoil dude so jen's mom her 
her her ex husband, her stepdad, Jen's ex stepdad, was like, "Here, happy birthday!" And he got her that snub nose thirty eight with the shaved. Uh, it was a hammer. hammer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and bird. so they they freaking we went out shooting one time and they brought it and she's like, "Here's my handgun, dude." That thing was a beast, and I don't think she's. I don't. Th- I think she got rid of it. Yeah, that's ninety percent <laughs> of the guns that are sold to women end up that way. Because they're sold things, mm-hmm. it's either by the people they bring in mm-hmm. with them to choose who know better, who know well, better, or it's the gun counter guy who sees a quick, easy sale and just yeah, sells whatever he's pushing. I like your approach. Is just any every person, what's best going to work for you? Mm-hmm. That's how it should be. But then, yeah, I'm sure you have these like just people who just think that they know best. Because gun, I mean, guns are attached to masculinity in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's like the man, men think it's their domain, so right. therefore they gotta explain to the women. Mansplain. Yeah, mansplain <laughs> to the women like what's gonna work. Yeah, for you. yeah, and yeah. Then, and then they got just like, oh, it can't be a wimpy, you know, nine millimeter, like a pussy nine millimeter. It's right. Like, right. You ever been shot by a nine millimeter? Yeah. Probably not. I'm no. assuming you haven't. So it's like, shut up. Yeah, it's gonna do the job. It's g- <laughs> You practice and you put the round in the right spot. Right, you'll be fine. That's the most important thing. Right, and what's gonna what's gonna allow that person using the firearm in the in a defensive situation? It's gonna allow them to put the shot in the right spot. Right, something they're comfortable with or something that you think is macho. Yes, I'll tell you right now, shooting that thirty eight, it was like if I was if I was one getting someone broken in my house, and now my I'm at an elevated level of fear and. Just adrenaline, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now I have to grab that beast of a gun. I'm a pussy, so I'm going to call it a beast. But <laughs> there I'm going. I'm attributing <laughs> that pussy to me, right? So um, I grab it and like just sh- being able to like handle that and then shoot that thing. I'm telling you, it felt like someone punched me in the palm of my hand. Yeah. With practice, I'm sure I would have been fine. But for anybody who's like never experienced guns and that's the gun you buy for home protection and say you're in that position, I imagine myself even being just like, shooting that thing and be like jesus say you missed the first time you're gonna shoot again you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. another cannon you're shooting yeah yeah oh boy one of the reasons why i recommend shotguns for home defense and not handguns yeah yeah shotguns are with the ability to shoulder them um yeah anyway we don't have to get into uh we don't have to get into the uh, the mechanics Mm -hmm. and i don't know any of this stuff but it's um it's just so frustrating i just don't so annoying and then she left yeah, she said thank you, and she said, and she she said thank you for being patient with me and that guy. <laughs> she said that. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, so she acknowledged, yeah. what was happening. Mm-hmm. That's good. But she said she'd be back in. I, okay, I rec- I I did recommend. I said, you know, there are places around town that have rental programs. Oh, and um, and I do this a lot. Like, yeah, forego just making a quick sale and being like, you know what? It sounds like you could really use some time on the range. Right, right. Figuring out what it is you're comfortable mm-hmm. with because what might seem comfortable in the store right. doesn't necessarily translate to the range. To shooting it. Like, yeah. oh, the simplicity of a revolver sounds great, right? You just pop the cylinder, you load five rounds, you close mm-hmm. the cylinder, you pull the trigger. There's no mag there's no magazines you have to right. worry about, no slides the rack, no jamming. You have to worry about how to clear. It's just literally close the cylinder and shoot. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Um but on the flip side of that, as you found out, generally, especially small frame revolvers, yeah. are high recoil. They're yeah. not comfortable. They're not particularly accurate because they don't have sights. Right. So, I mean, yeah. And the, the point you brought up is really astute about follow, you know, ability to get a follow-up shot 
off right. if you need to. If you are so blown off target by mm-hmm. the recoil of the first shot, you not having like the you know if you don't if you don't have the proper technique of wrist mm-hmm. control and all that stuff to keep your muzzle on plane, you're blown so far off the target. Right. If you miss, that person's going to close that yep. gap because generally, per FBI statistics, something I generally like to point out, if you're engaging someone more in t- with within more of with outside of ten feet. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a really hard time explaining to a district attorney why you felt like your life was in danger. Right. And generally, most defensive situations where people had to use force to protect themselves with a firearm happen within 10 feet. Mm-hmm. So sights really aren't that big of a deal. But right. it needs to be something that you're comfortable with. Absolutely. So, anyway. Crazy. Well, thanks for sharing. Yep. I love it. It's my favorite. I want to come work there or just like, you don't. You, you just need your just, own reality you, you show. You just need to, con- yeah. I've, I've often said, like, I want, like, I think I've even brought this up, but I want to write a book yes. about being, just being at a gun counter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be so fascinating. All right. Um, I have one story, but I want to get to what you have first as far as uh, the articles you sent me. Okay. So, what's up? Oh, are we. All right, because I'm going to be gone all next week, let's just do one article that I have. We'll start with mine, and then uh, next week, which we'll record back-to-back right after this, mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to your articles Perfect. and we'll talk about those things, because those are a little lengthy, a little more dense, um, and mine isn't. Um, I just thought it was really interesting, and I think you will appreciate just what it says. So hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, it was on Politico. Is that a good source? Politico? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It can be. <clears throat> the title of the article is um, DeVos. Okay. The, edu- the education secretary. Equates lack of choice with lack of school choice with communist East Germany. Oh, okay. I'm going to need some more of okay. where is she coming from? <laughs> um. So, where is it? Let me find it real quick. Um, so, there's a lot of, like, comparisons that she, and, and, and uh, um, quotes that she uses um, with Reagan. Okay. Which you see a lot with this administration. They like to cherry pick Reagan. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, in remarks to the Conservative Young Americans Foundation... DeVos recalled her own travels decades ago in which she saw the stark differences of tyranny and freedom in East and West Germany. Okay. Um, while, the while, while the wall was reduced to rubble, there's another kind of wall that needs to be tearing down today. Um, <laughs> this wall is just as old as the devastating to just as old and just as devastating to those who through no fault of their own happen to live on the, on the wrong side. Um, DeVos said she was describing a figurative wall in the United States that, quote, separates wealthy, powerful, or well-connected students from those who aren't wealthy, powerful, and well-connected. Families who aren't wealthy, quote, have about as much education freedom in America today as East Germans had freedom to do anything back then. It's too... The point is, is DeVos has been urging Congress to pass a $5 billion plan to create a new federal tax credit to expand scholarships to help families pay for attending the school of their choice, including private schools. Okay. I'm just annoyed by the comparison, mostly. The comparison's awful. Yeah. 
but then also just this of course you're gonna like compare it to communism <laughs> exactly yeah. but also just this i'm just seeing this this removal of funding and support in institutions and programs that have been used for decades mm-hmm. and then being reallocated to things that this administration thinks or views as more important so this five million dollar five billion dollar plan for scholarships instead of the educational infrastructure well it's it's rooted in this fundamental belief that the private sector has the ability to do everything better mm-hmm. um, than the than the public sector right maybe the public sector is inefficient and they say like well the reason why people are I mean I get where she's coming from she's saying like right um, there's no school choice, so therefore you're you're an inner city kid who's mm-hmm. in a poverty area. His only choice is to go to the rundown public school right. down the street from his house or his apartment or whatever. And therefore, you know, giving that kid a voucher to be able to go to a private school mm-hmm. that most of them have. We don't even have the infrastructure. There's not even enough private. Sc- the problem is there's not even enough private schools. There's not enough regulation on top of private schools about what they would even. We're, we're so far away from private private the private sector being able to efficiently take over right that what is what is going to happen in the in the gap you just think that it's like some like capitalist utopia that all of a sudden that the private sector is going to rush in and fix all of the ills with mm-hmm. with the education system like right. overnight like there's going to be a massive adjustment period if this is the overhaul that we're looking at. Right. Like, if this is going to be the overhaul, like, what's the implementation? Mm-hmm. A $5 billion tax credit is just a drop in the bucket of what oh, it's going to yeah. really take. Are to you kidding me? To make that entire shift? Yeah. Yeah. So, are you, going to def- are you going to continue to defund public education to push your private sector agenda? Well, what happens if the kid can't leave the inner city to go to a private right. school outside of city limits or go to somewhere else? Mm-hmm. There's, a huge, there's a huge transportation cost associated with this. Are mm-hmm. you going to start running... Is the private sector going to start funding buses to pick up low low income kids? Mm-hmm. I, I, what? How is all this going to work? Right. I don't know. I, I find it. I find it just absolutely frustrating. It is just, frustrating. It's just frustrating. Yeah. To me, that they that the administration continues in every sector to think that there is these, just these quick fixes. You can just throw money at and just say, we'll, we'll, we'll let the private, because it sounds great, right? We're right. replacing this communist system with this free market capitalist system. And therefore, obviously, it must work. Right. Because it's communist. Because it's communist, because it's public sector, which right. that's not communist. Like, that's not, that's not in itself communist. Right. It's just not. Oh, that's so, it's just. There are things that the public sector can do. Yes, you are, sac- it's, 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 it's a balance between equity and efficiency and there are certain things that the government can do better on the side of equity than the private sector can maybe they're going to sacrifice some efficiency but they're going to gain a ton of equity and that's what the public education system does as it Mm -hmm. gains equity at the cost of efficiency but it's the is it is it is 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 the system perfect no by no means there's a lot of there's a lot of room for growth there's a lot of room for for change but to say that we're just going to scrap the system and go to some like wet some capitalist wet dream mm-hmm. that this all of a sudden is going to fix it. This is right. going to fix the problem. And the problem is, is that we, we're still like one of the major problems is that we're still on farm schedule for our, for our, uh, for our school. Yeah. That's weird. We're taking a three month break off between, between school years. Mm-hmm. You know how much, you know how much kids forget yeah. between then and then having to, it takes two months of review to get the kids back up to speed right. coming out of that. Also, you're not. You don't have to cram 
and pressure cook these kids in the months that they are in school if you extend it to a year-round system. Mm-hmm. They don't get burnt out. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm sure I'm sure if you intermittent some breaks there, a week here, there, a week there, two weeks there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You include some breaks in there, but you also aren't beating these kids down with stand not standards, but I mean uh uh standardized tests and yep. and trying to hit these benchmarks mm-hmm. um enforcing you know what I mean? Yeah. Not not genuinely giving an education or or having this i just feel like longer that's why i like I, I i always preach about the semester system mm-hmm. since you and i both went to clark which is quarters and went to semesters at wsu yeah. quarters just felt so crammed and just rushed yeah. and like if you and that's one thing i always felt in high school mm-hmm. um also i partied too much but <laughs> um in high school it was just like if i if i miss a day I'm behind, mm-hmm. and now I'm struggling to catch up to the point where I was just like, screw it. I'm just not even going to go, which is what happened to me. Um, and then at, at Clark, obviously, I'm paying for it, so I'm not going to let that happen, but it very much was like that. Yeah. If you miss a day, you got to work your tail off to get back up to speed, um, where honestly, in the sem- in the semester system, in the 16 weeks that we had at WSU, it was long it was a long enough period to really get into not just theory, but real ideas about topics and subjects and the yeah. impacts of things. And everything had a time, had time to breathe. Yes, absolutely. And I wonder if that, that would be the same with public education. And I think it would. Um, I don't think why that wouldn't, why I don't see how that couldn't transfer from college. Right. That particular part of college to mm-hmm. the structure of, of, uh, public uh public education in k through 12 i i just think i think they're before i would even possible before i would even contemplate going to a like having a complete private sector um i mean that's not what devos is arguing for but she is when she's arguing for a private alternative in having government funded private alternative Mm -hmm. more of a mixed system i guess um, I would need I will I would want to try to because I think a lot of the problems with the current public education system is that there's very little federal oversight mm-hmm. in most of this all left up to the states to implement curriculum and implement standards. standards. Yeah, and I think if you had federal standards, there would be a lot. There would be a one. There would be a lot more. Um, I, I just think the students would be better prepared. Because there'd be there, there's just more over there'd be just more oversight. I think when you get the problem with having states be the 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 decider of curriculum and standards is that you get fifty different standards and curriculum. Mm-hmm. If you have the if you had if it was federally man if it, all of these standards were, were federal were brought by fed by the federal you would have one standard and one you know one curriculum. Right. It's much. Right. I think that would be much easier to assess. Mm-hmm. Much easier to to make changes when need be, right? And I think it would be compl- that that issue would be completely exact. Would be even would be exponentially worse if you get into a bunch of private schools that are all yes. controlled by a single individual. Now you've got like what a hundred thousand private schools throughout the entire U.S. Right. that are going to be formulating their own standards with yeah. no real government without no real oversight. Right. That's I think. I think that would make the problem worse For than sure. what it is right now. Yeah. 
I think we've got to go the opposite direction. Right. Or what if somebody moves and they're in a private school and they're, they've learned A, B, or C, and then they go to a new school because they've moved now and they have no idea about where in the curriculum they are at their new school mm-hmm. and haven't learned the things they're teaching here because he, lot, he learned all of this other stuff at this other school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, um, this all plays well to the base. Who, for sure. Who don't trust public education system because they think it's a madrasa for liberal indoctrination. Mm-hmm. They just think it's a, that's all it is. That's all public education is, is right. to get these kids thinking all in the same way to become cogs in the liberal wheel mm-hmm. and you know, whatever. It's just dumb. But the... <laughs> the I, I just... I, I don't know why. I just am so tired of this administration. <laughs> and, that, and that's not to say like I disagree with like... With you know capitalism as a political as a type of political economy, right? Like, I think capitalism has has brought more people out of poverty than any other system of political economy in the history of humankind. But there are areas, especially domestically, where having the the government can, especially in a, like a, in a society that's such as ours, there is a there is a role for government. And especially when it comes to education, where you're talking, where you're not talking about just peer numbers as being the only driving factor for for what your for your goals. Your your goals are to create a well-educated public because our democracy depends on having a well-educated public. The government itself, the the government infrastructure, the democratic government in- infrastructure, mm-hmm. has a much is much more suited to be able to offer that good right. than the private sector does. This is just the thought I had. This is maybe just extreme, but it's also scary to think like, like you're saying, if this, if this education is, is directed or, or supporting democracy, mm-hmm. maybe that's the idea of why to get away from it. Not that I'm saying there's this grand scheme to destroy democracy, yeah. but things, when you're in power and you're you don't have to worry about democracy dictating what you do mm-hmm. it'd be easiest to get rid of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure right yeah i don't know it's just it's just weird like i said just allocating these funds f- from these institutions that we've had for for decades or or a century it's just weird dude i don't get it i don't get it why why I mean, and because, because his because his base doesn't like the public education system. They think I that well, they think that every family has the means to homeschool, right? And they Ooh, don't. Like, no. they It'd don't. It'd be so hard. I've considered it and thought about it. And it'd be so hard. And how, and what's the other than like continually to pump? So, if your problem, if you're, if you're like, well, we spend too much on public education, right? The private sector would remove that cost from the government. Well, how is the private right. like, so? Why would somebody start a charter school, mm-hmm. start a private school if there's no return in it, right? Now you're clearly, you're looking at a cost-benefit oh, analysis. Yeah, now you're looking yeah, at yeah. a cost-benefit analysis. How is that going to serve the masses where you have a massive amount of variation in uh, income and, you know, just, you know, the 
ability to tra- you know transport your kids just to be- basically live. You, have, you have a ton of variation in terms of um, mm-hmm. basic income levels and classes and, mm-hmm. and, and race and, and culture mm-hmm. beliefs and how are you going to equitably be able to do that through a private through a private system right where 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 the sole proprietor of that education system mm-hmm. of that singular entity that is going to be a private run program mm-hmm. his only at that point it, you're either relying on that person being benevolent right the butcher the baker the brewer mm-hmm. the benevolence of we're, we're not relying on you're not relying on that you're not we can't rely on reliance on the benevolence of this person to th- see it in his heart to have <laughs> to provide a excellent education for all of the people in his institution maybe one or two people would have that feel that calling and want to provide that good right but to try to expand that throughout the entire country of 300 mm-hmm. something million people yeah you're gonna rely on having that many people who are just going to not care more about the numbers than but it, you're, who are going to care more about numbers than they would giving a, 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 an efficient, I mean, an equitable education to all people, regardless of their ability to pay. Yeah. I've seen firsthand some examples, and I know teachers who have taught at private schools where they see just kind of this, let's get our graduation rates up. Just pass them. When they're not clearly not ready. Yeah. But you can show your graduation rates is higher to get more funding. people to come, funding. more funding and all of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there are benefits. There can be benefits of private schools. I, I, there yeah, can there, be. There can be. I'm yeah. not saying that private. it's not private versus public, but it is like... That there needs to be either or. Yeah. But you can't continue. You can't defund one right. in favor of the other. Yes. There, that's and just, yeah, there that's is the, the option of, for some people, for private school. There is that option still. It's going to cost more. You know what I mean? But I also think it's interesting. She's urging Congress to give money for this, these scholarships. Well, because Congress is the appropriate appropriate. I understand that. But if if she has to ask Congress. I I know. But I'm just saying if we're if we're talking private versus public. Oh, yeah. You're using public money to fund a private endeavor. Yeah. I mean, that's not. You see that in a, in the energy sector a lot, right? Right. It's it's a it's the government's way of choosing of picking winners and losers. Yeah. So it's not really a truly capitalist system right. if you're using public money. You're you're using it to pick winners and losers. Right. It's not perfect because you're talking about <laughs> the, the private sector's ability to compete with the public sector. Yeah. In this area, which in not every in not in every market is there private firms having to compete with the public entity because generally it's if it's a public entity controlling a sector usually it's it's a municipality like you know like energy or fire mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that i mean just think of like so transfer this this thought of private versus public mm-hmm. to something like um the fire department okay so you're going to privatize the fire department. So right. the only way that you get if your house is burning the only way the fire department is going to show up is if you paid your monthly fire bill yeah Okay, well, that's not equitable. Like, I should, I we believe that we, we should, the fire department should come here to put out my fire if right. my house is burning down. Right. I live in a, I pay my taxes and stuff like that. I should have that benefit. Mm-hmm. That's socialism. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but we we hold now in today's society that yes. the general psyche of the, of the current American believes that they have a right for the fire department to come and put out their fire if their house is burning down. Police department, you have the right to use the police, the roads. Yes. So there, that costs money. Yes. But it costs a hell of a lot less than if you were having to pay a private fire department to come. Yeah. A, a monthly fire bill or a monthly police bill. Yeah. The public can affect, yes, it costs money. Right. The general American, every American, most Americans, receives more benefits mm-hmm. on average than they pay in taxes. Yeah. I would imagine that's true. So there is going to be some negative externalities when it comes yes. to that. But we all benefit a lot more by having these public entities. Yes. In pu- and the public school system falls in that. Yes, it's not perfect. It's not. Yes, it needs reform. Yes, it does. But to completely s- skeletonize it to the point where it no longer works to force people to then to go to your right. idea of a private... Some, you're, you're doing the country a massive disservice. Mm-hmm. And you can argue about that on both a moralistic ground, which mm-hmm. is doesn't have as much legs, right. as purely just an ec- like just a political economic... Mm-hmm. Um, stance. Stance. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Sorry to get a little fire. No, I knew you would. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Um, we'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> but for you guys, it'll be next week. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, share if you like it. And follow us on social media. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.